You're listening to The Art of KCF. Earlier this month, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Lisa Lovejoy, an artist currently based in Evansville, Minnesota. What follows are my thoughts on her work and her insights on her painting practice. This interview was released as part of the Art of KCF newsletter, issue 72, sent to email subscribers on June 30th, 2023. My father was an artist, was a line that stuck out to me as I listened to Lisa Lovejoy talk about her art to a crowd of folks gathered in front of her paintings at the Art of the Lakes Gallery in Battle Lake late May of this year. I'd made my way to the gallery to finally meet Lisa in person after having made acquaintances with one another on the current connector for artists living in rural spaces, and everywhere really, Instagram. Lisa is a natural in front of a crowd, knowing when to sidetrack into a personal story, when to pause for laughter from the crowd, and when to share a bit more about her multicultural influences as the daughter of a black professional musician from Arkansas and an Irish mother. After her father's passing in 2009, she didn't touch art for four years. But as she made her way back to painting, she reflected on the power of art and, quote, what art can do for one's spirit. As I'm interested in the healing elements of painting, I wanted to learn more from Lisa and was filled with warmth from her hug as we made plans for me to journey to Evansville for a conversation and a studio visit. Lisa's studio is located right off a short block of Main Street. As I snaked past the large blue-grain elevator on the edge of Evansville and through the short downtown stretch, I almost missed her studio. Luckily, she shares a space with the local beauty shop, and the sign, Here's What's Happening, greets studio visitors. Gratefully, Lisa was outside to wave me down, having just unlocked her door for the morning when we met. After our conversation, I left filled with a spirit of connection, as two painters can quickly develop. Lisa asking, do you hate wasting paint, was incredibly resonant to me, because absolutely I do. Those of us who know the cost of a tube of paint truly know what a precious resource it is. She lent me a book, and we have plans for her to come visit my studio next. She's always been telling stories, as you'll hear in her own words. And I hope that you'll enjoy her reflections here on healing and painting and growing as a person and an artist that might inform your own notions of change, growth, creativity, and connection. Welcome to a portion of the conversation and community we shared in early June of 2023. Well, you had talked in your artist talk about healing mm-hmm. and how you have found healing in painting mm-hmm. and um, you know shared a little bit about the ways that you've done that in your work with mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear you share just a little bit more about, like, how has painting helped you heal? So growing up with with an artist family, I did a lot with my father. So I was always, like, right there. Art shows, I was right there. Um, I, I would help him paint things because he would be mass-producing, like, little... Um, statues. And so, you know, I was always there. So there was never me. There was my connection with, but never me. Um, When 
I, I, I'm trying to think when it really started. I did art lessons. I did commissions. Um, I taught watercolor and pen and ink. So everything was for everybody else. So it was never really for me. Even though I sold stuff, it was never really for me. It was what people wanted, right? So you're giving and giving and giving. And you don't get to know who you are. And then when you start to get to know who you are as an artist, that's when stuff starts to come out, right? So I think when my father had gotten sick, and it was 2007, and we were told he had cancer, my dad has never been sick a day in his life. Like, he just wasn't. But there was things that were leading up to it that I was like, okay, he knew, but he didn't tell anybody. At that point, I went into a different mode. I wasn't a wife mode. I wasn't a mom mode. I was this is my soulmate mode. And I remember telling my husband at the time, I was like, I need you to know I'm going to be good for nothing. And we were already in that tumultuous um, relationship where we had separated for a couple of years and gotten back together. And then this happened. And I was like, there is going to be no ifs, ands, or buts. He was not close with his parents, but I was like, this is my world. Like we're close, even though we hate each other half the time. I didn't have my father or my mom, but there's 12 siblings. So as I started to do that, I didn't do any art really. Like there was things I would do it with my kid. Um, and I watched how Jared would paint and I really loved, like he had this intuitive sense. And I started at that point going, gosh, okay, why did he do this? Why did he pick this? Where is he seeing this? And he was painting ducks and things. He didn't know my father very well. Um, when Jared was born. He didn't get to know that side of the family because my husband at the time didn't really like him. And the point that he was painting Canadian geese and some things, I was like, there is something there. I don't know what it is, but something. And I've kept those pictures. Then I separated from my husband again. And the first picture I painted was very similar to something like this. And that I was talking about how easy it was. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and Jared was painting on the floor and I just started going and I was like, nobody's judging me. Why am I, because I had been in so many contests and so many, you know, judging, judging, judging. All of a sudden I painted this and I was like, I, do you swear? Yeah. I fucking love this. I fucking love this. And Jared's like, mommy, you said a bad word. I know, but honey, this is a contextual word. I fucking love this. Like, I'm not mad. I just, I loved it. And I couldn't understand how it was so easy. And there was so much stuff. And even if, and the girl that I gave it to, um, a friend of mine that had given me some really good advice as, you know, having an ex and understanding that whole thing. I gave it to her. And she showed, because everyone's on, like, can you send me a picture? I just want to see if I feel every single time and it was never any i was like i painted that hmm. Hmm, i'm grown but it was that energy that i had given to it because it was a breakaway i am me and i'm finding who i am right so that's where that started then my father passed away and then i stopped art completely i didn't do anything and I started to understand who my father is and what had happened to him in his life and how he started painting and why he did. And I don't, I think he, he knew, he was such an intuitive, that's my father right there. 
And that's all of our siblings. So there is an intuitive side to him to understand what he did. And I think that he worked out the trauma and he had some massive trauma in his world. He was working it out in his paintings. He had these crazy things that would happen in his work. And I started thinking, gosh, is that what I'm doing? And I, I met with his name is Alfred Taylor. He's from Indiana. That's where my parents were. Um, and he asked me, why aren't you painting anymore? I had done um, these t-shirts. They were original t-shirts that I painted stories on. So I've always been telling stories and didn't realize that I was telling stories. And I painted one that was called The Three Sisters because it was my three of my sisters that were there at the end of his life that had been taking care of him along with my mom and whatnot. And he's like, do you do these? And I said, yeah. He goes, can you make some? And at that time, I knew my worth as an artist, but didn't know my worth as an artist because I didn't, I didn't look at it that way. He goes, we have this big, Shelby, Indiana has, their whole town goes art crazy. They have stuff everywhere. It's not like an art fair, but it's just, it's just strange how they do it. And he goes, can you make some of this? And I, I'm going to ask you, he had an art gallery, and he says, I'm going to ask you to do some paintings. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that doesn't work for me for you to say do some art paintings for me. Like, he goes, just do whatever. Just do one. Okay. Ended up coming up with three. He didn't even get them in the door. All the T-shirts were sold. Do we have more? Do we have this? Now, I wasn't there when this happened. He's like, Lisa, how can you, can you make some more of these? And I was like, no. They take me. I, I mean... No. And I just did whatever t-shirts were on sale. I just bought them and I started doing them. And he was selling for like 75 bucks a piece, right? And he goes, people want to know what's behind these, these pictures. So then I started, okay, H, HGLJ designs. And then I had the stories like this is after the, the story that I heard about this woman, blah, blah, blah. So people could resonate. I was like, this is so cool like not that the art was cool but the idea in my head that I'm doing something that's they were conversations I want art to be a conversation the critical thinking skills that it takes to understand from a person's perspective not even the artist's perspective you can look at this picture and you can and this is super not done um you can look at this picture and it takes you to someplace else that it wouldn't even take me, right? And so you're like, oh, this is angry and this is blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, but this is so fun and blah, 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 right? It's all about experiences. And at that point, I understood the, understood the critical thinking skills of when somebody looks at art. So then I started to understand it heals people without understanding how it heals people because it's the stories in which they're relating and now they're talking out loud. And when we talk out loud, what does that do? It releases, it doesn't hold it in anymore. And then people ask more questions. I started taking some different um, adventures in understanding what this meant. I went and um, the pathways after my mother passed away and I took Renewing Life, that's what it was called. I couldn't think of the name of it, Renewing Life. And it was a nine-week session that every week you went there and there was a chapter that you dealt with. And it kind of went through the whole idea of 
getting the news of whatever it was, something that was just traumatic and changed you for the rest of your life, to the end part of being angry, grieving, joyous, and finding the blessing. And then what is your new norm? That is when it hit me at that very point. I knew what kind of artist I wanted to be, that I wanted to have work that people could talk about. And it wasn't about, oh, look at that horse. It What was the horse saying? What was the energy and the movement within the horse? Where was the story and where did it bring you? That is the only way that I could do art that connected with people, right? And I knew that if it connected, it was already sold. And it wasn't about the selling. It was about I needed validation that my story that I was telling was important. So to go back to the idea of the children telling their story, that they could find worth that people cared about what they said and heard what they said and believed what they said. Because isn't it about the belief system that when somebody tells you, this is what happened to me. Oh, sorry, I'm going to get emotional. Huh, interesting. Um, That you were believed, right? And then you felt validated. And when you can feel validated, whether it's, and not everybody needs validation, I guess. So I don't want to make that assumption, but it's good when you get it. And that all of a sudden, all this junk that you had, is gone so that you can get to the next step in your or your life's journey, right? So that's what I've been doing. And through COVID, that's why I asked you about COVID. I was working as an artist and as a fitness professional and I was like, COVID hit, I was so happy. I was so fucking happy. I'm sorry. I understand it was a traumatic thing. I think there's a whole lot of things at play that we still as the people don't know. Um, and it caused havoc and I think it was a predecessor to crap that's coming and not a conspiracy theory, but how did we behave as a nation? It tore us apart. It showed us who our friends were. It showed us who we were, but the blessing in that, and I'm always going to look for the blessing, not the silver lining, (laughs) but the blessing. It either pushed us to a point where we we're becoming who we were meant to be, or it pushed us to realizing the help that we need, right? And the internal struggles that, oh my gosh, this is who, this is what. And how did we find that? It pushed me to be what I knew I was supposed to be. And I pushed it away because I thought at some point it wasn't a real thing. Art was real. I understood that you made a living, but that it was my destiny. It's, that sounds so corny. Um, when my mother passed away, the last thing that she said to me was, Lisa, God has given you a talent. Do it now. And that was the last thing that she said to me. Hmm. That's really powerful. It was. And I knew from that point... I had my first solo art show because I've always done it with somebody or with my father. Girl, we had 400 people show out. I sold every piece of art there. How in the world did that happen? By the grace of God and the spirit (laughs) that it took my parents with me. I did. What did my mom want? 
I knew she'd want me to dress up and be a lady. My dad, oh, you got to have music. Okay. And then what do families, what, what brings people together, especially in Minnesota? Food. Girl, I had a spread. I don't even, I think I spent $2,000 putting this on. I made all my money back. So it, but it was the point that that was my breakout. So anyways, um, that was the, the moment that I knew that was it. COVID hit. And I was like, huh, this is great. I don't have time off. I'm a workaholic. I believe in working. I work in the morning, all night, whatever. And I started painting on all of the club walls. I'm like, hey, so I'm just going to do murals everywhere. Because I did those for a long time when my son was born and I did go back to teaching school. Um, that I did murals. I hurt so bad after a year of doing murals. Like I had to like get massage. I had to do all of these different things. I had to take, and I called the owners together. I said, Hey, I need to have a conversation with you. I'm done. And they're like, what do you mean you're done? Yeah. I'm not going to come into work anymore. I will be an owner. I'll be on the back end. I'll help you from the back end. I'm done. What are you going to do? Art full time. Okay. Like, didn't argue because I teased them like, I'm so burnt out. Like, I can only do so much more in fitness. When you own a club, you're at the top of the top of the top. You're done, right? And so um, that's what I did. That's what I did. And that is one thing that I bring from my parents. What you say you're going to do, do it. Don't look bad. Don't second guess yourself. If it's in you, do it. And Les Brown, he said, when you are on your deathbed, that all your dreams and all the things you could have done and been are standing around you in loving arms and saying goodbye to you because they die with you. And then I understood what my mom meant when she says, go do it now. Because I knew she saw all of those things, that she had given up, that she had done it because she loved my father, that she was raising kids that were not hers, and all the things that she gave. And I was like, whoo, girl, that was a wave. So I left everything. I said, Jared, my son, he was married at that point. Here's your farmhouse. It's yours. You have it for a year. If you can take care of it, it's yours. And he's done it. I moved, didn't look back. I don't even like going back to Buffalo at this point, right? Um, and I can go anywhere. I ended up going to Evansville. I was trying to get out of Minnesota, but it didn't happen. Again, there's plans, and, and now you're at an age that I know, just sit tight. You know, you're impatient, but sit tight. So healing. Art did all of that through the aspect of being able to see it to feel it, to do it, to hear the messages, the hidden messages. The show that I just did in Sioux City was called Hidden Messages. Mm -hmm. And it was understanding what it was saying. Even now I have these pieces. I, I cannot stand them, but I know that's okay to not like them. And I'm trying to understand. And I walked in today and I had this put away and I was like, I think I know what it is. This one I'm still trying to understand because there was a horse and a rider behind it. <laughs> And I was like, this is an ugly painting. And I just started throwing colors on. And then, of course, guess what comes out? Are there two images? And I'm like, huh, okay. So it's sitting there staring at me, talking to me. And I sent this to my son. And my son 
he, I swear he's a savant. I swear, I don't even know what savant is, but she's one. Mm -hmm. I sent it to him, he's like, that's it, mom. And I'm like, mm. I was teaching him from the moment that he was born to look at all art as um, a story, but not the, that's not the word I use. I asked him to get the feeling from it. What is it telling you? What does that do? What would you do differently? And he has been my eyes and ears ever since. And he is, so like that's why I haven't done anything. I'm sitting there trying to live with it. And I, I don't hate it, hate it. I hate it because it's not who I thought I was. So again, evolving. It's always mm -hmm. about evolving, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've done wildlife forever and I was bored and George my guy is like but that's what sells I'm like exactly I don't want to do something that's given I don't want to give something that's given I'm not I'm not painting for selling it will sell when it needs to sell and it served its purpose it no longer serves its purpose and I have to move you know if we're starving sure I'll do a couple of these and we'll get them sold whatever but we're not starving so Whatever. Anyway, so that's where it is. And so then you can see the colors that I was enjoying. I, um, yeah, it's just, it's so fascinating, like, how painting teaches you so much. Yep. About if you're open to learning. Yeah. Yeah. If you're open to the messages. Yeah, it is. It, it, you have to be open. And some people aren't ready. And there's not a lot. All these little chunkets keep bringing me to, I know, and even talking out loud, I, I know that I've gotten off track because I started painting again for the point of being ready for a show instead of being ready for me. Yeah. 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 So. It's so interesting how that cycle happens. There's a book by Jeannie Carbonetti that I think, in fact, do I have it? Aha, I'm going to borrow this book to you. Okay, thank you. You will like it, and if you don't, then you suck. <laughs> um, I had gotten this book from a lady probably 20-some years ago in an aqua class that I taught. Uh -huh. And she says, Lisa, when you speak, this is what I think you're saying, because she goes, it's so strange that you talk like this. And I, again, until you have something that shows you the language that you have, you don't have the language that you have. Mm -hmm. This gave me such a language, and it changed completely how I was teaching workshops. Awesome. I mean, it looks amazing. It is really good. And I actually got in touch with her, which I was as giddy like it was Jesus or something. I was looking for a workshop that I could take with her. I watched videos, and she was like, nowhere to be found. I was like, did she die? Nothing. So finally, after searching, I got her email and I sent her an email and I said, Miss Carbonetti, your book changed my world in art, blah, blah, blah. And I sent her this thing. Next day I got an email from her. She's like, oh, Lisa, that was great. I don't do, she's like in her eighties now. I didn't know that, but, um, it was again, another validation that somebody cared enough to know that they made something. She writes uh, painting, Zen painting and all kinds of things. But that book, to understand the stages of what a person goes through, helped me understand not to be so hard on myself as a artist. Like there's times right before you get to a show, don't try to push out some paintings 
because you're in a closed phase. Let it go. Be done with it because it's going to open again. Just ride those waves. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of KCF. The Art of KCF newsletter and podcast is a fiscal year 2023 recipient of a Creative Support for Individuals grant from the Minnesota State's Arts Board. This activity is made possible by the voters of Minnesota thanks to legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. The Art of KCF is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Candice Creel Falcon, with musical editions by Mountaineer via Upbeat. For a full transcript of the audio, plus all the features of my newsletter, like book reviews, creative links that inspire me, and an update on what's happening in my studio, be sure to find me through the link in the show notes. Till next time, may the joy of creative inquiry guide your path.